0: Hi, this is Liz Calandrino, and welcome to Fired Up Success. You know, Albert Schweitzer once said, in everyone's life at some time, our inner fire goes out. It is then burst into flame by an encounter with another human being. We should all be thankful for those people who can rekindle that inner spirit. My passion, it's to connect people who will share their stories about how they rekindled their own spirits, and I know will spark fire in your life, too. Hi, this is Liz Calandrino, broadcasting from the community radio studios of WCAALP, 107.3 FM in Albany, New York. I really love my show because what I get to do is I get to interview people who are inspiring, smart, and have information to give out that makes me feel better. And hopefully things that you, my listening audience, will love also. Today, I have an associate of mine by the name of Blaze Bryant who I met at WCAA one night at one of our meetings. Are you there Blaze?
1: Yes, I am. Third time's the charm. It is uh, good to be here.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. Um we we've been having little we've been having a little uh, lots of technical issues, but let me tell you a little bit about Blaze. I met Blaze again, I said at one of our meetings and you know i was told that blaze was working with a friend of mine he was editing her show and i started thinking i need somebody to do that so my friend said here's blaze phone number call him i noticed when i saw blaze that he had a dog with him and i knew it was a seeing eye dog and i thought you know i'd really like to get to know more about blaze and i bet other people would too so blaze I'm going to ask you questions that people really want to ask you, but they don't. How's that?
1: Sounds good to me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. So tell us about yourself, please. Um Tell us, do you, you want to share with us how long have you been blind? Tell me about your life. Do you mind?
1: I'll try and do the Cliff Notes version the best I can here. Okay. I was born completely blind. My eyes never developed. So I was uh, blind since birth. There was uh, cystic growth on both of them. I So blindness is all I know. I work full time. I work for a company called Consumer Directed Choices. Uh, it's in Albany. We work with seniors and people with disabilities who want to hire their own home care staff, people that they know and trust to come in and help them out with stuff at home. It's a Medicaid funded program. And the way we operate is as the fiscal agent, if you will. So we process the payroll and benefits for the personal assistants that are hired by our Uh, consumers. In addition to that, I'm also the Vice President of Membership for the Stratton VA Toastmasters, Vice President of Podcasting for the American Marketing Association. I have been doing uh, radio and interviews and podcasting for a few years now. I studied communications at the College of St. Rose in journalism. So I have a good background in both print and broadcast. I was having a hard time landing a job in radio. So I decided to go to the new school center for media. I did that. My gosh, it's been almost three years. I've been out of college for, it is going on six years. Time really does fly as I'm sitting here reflecting on this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, um, so you went to the new school. Now, um, when you grew do you have brothers and sisters?
1: I am the middle child of three.
0: Okay. So you okay. So you two sisters, two by the way. Two sisters. Okay. I,
1: I, I never got the opportunity to be the big brother.
0: Oh, that's cute. That, well, you might, got to be that, a, that might be a good thing brother. for the
1: world, Liz, but you know, that that's neither here nor
0: there. <laughs> I guess not. So, um, I want to ask you about this virus thing here. You know, I, in my neighborhood, there is a blind woman that I know. And I, I we're always, a, a lot of people are afraid and I am too. Um, we to we talk to her, of course, I mean, just like anybody else that lives here, but I never know whether I should touch her or, you know, I'm not sure if she knows I'm there where I am. Could you give us some, give give us some, you know, things we need to know? so we can so we can do this right
1: sure in terms of etiquette the big thing is identify yourself say okay. say who you are i have had to deal with more often than i would like having to play guess who i am and it's like i spy someone who's making me work to figure out who the heck they are which is completely unnecessary and stupid uh i that was, that was, I guess, cool as a kid. But now it's it's just like, do you know who I am? I, no, I don't. I'm too late okay. to figure out who it is. So it's it's very important to identify yourself and just, just have a regular conversation. You mentioned in the intro that I do have a seeing eye dog and his name is Flash. He is a wonderful and sweet seven-year-old black lab who has a face that is just unimaginably adorable and cute and irresistible to me. However, it is especially important as we are dealing with the coronavirus to have a hands-off policy. Uh, Please do not pet flash i mean when when the harness is on and he's working you shouldn't do it anyhow but even now as we're as we're dealing with this uh, virus and whatnot because technically even though a dog can't necessarily get it or at least it's very difficult for them to the fact is if you have been in contact and then Flash is petted by someone who's been in contact and then I pet him, then that can be an entirely different story. So in fact, dogs can be a carrier or pets can be a carrier, Yes, which yes. is really, really scary.
0: Oh, it really is. I think you need to put a sign on them that says, please don't pet me because I don't want to catch the virus. I mean, I, I think that would be. That would be the way you would do it in your sense of humor. Signs
1: are a very interesting debate and discussion because the cynic in me believes that people won't read them. They'll just see the dog and <laughs> just try and walk walk up and, and approach him. And to be frank, we don't, we, you know, we're not roaming around the neighborhood right. all that much, in part because for it is easier for someone to stay six feet away from me as it is for me to stay six feet away from them. Um, That doesn't mean that we don't go for an occasional walk or anything. We certainly do. I mean, I'm all, well, he
0: needs to go for a walk, right? right?
1: Yes. I mean, plus I'm working from home and, and all that other stuff. So, uh, and, and living alone in a one bedroom apartment, my apartment is, my office, studio, and living space all in one. I mean, what what a good rent deal that is!
0: <laughs> right, you're right about that. It, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, let's talk now. Do you you travel alone? Right, I do. Yeah. How do you how do you remember you know how do you remember where you are? Or how do you find how do you find what you're doing?
1: Uh, I just just repetition. Okay. Uh, GPS also helps, but I I think it is very important to have as good of an idea as you can. Uh, I also, if I'm going somewhere that I'm not really familiar with, yes, there are only certain people I will ask directions from because they give directions in a blind friendly way. Now, allow me to explain that. So what, what I mean by okay. that is they'll say something like, okay, it's about mid-block between Clinton Street and Hamilton Street. I'm just, just for, yeah. for reference sake here. Uh, and it's the the fourth building on the right. That's a pretty standard blind-friendly description as opposed to saying, it's It's the only red building on the block <laughs> okay, or right you.
0: over there. So we should be what you're saying is that for us to be at all helpful that um, we should be more specific. Let me tell you this story. I have a friend that she's deceased now but I was at a at a stop sign and she was getting on the bus or I don't know what she was doing but the next thing I knew somebody the woman there that was blind, was hitting her with her cane, and I knew the woman, and um, I I, I can not imagine what was going on. There was a whole crowd of people, but when I went to find out, she said, well, I don't know. I just grabbed her by the arm, and she said, let go of me, and you know, I knew she needed my help, and I said to her, look, you know, I was a social worker at one point in my life, and nothing, nothing is helpful unless the person needing help tells you it is, and I, I just couldn't believe it. Cause you know, we don't know, we don't learn those things unless you, you know, like I said, I worked as a social worker and that's a, one of the first things you learn is that you're not helpful unless the person you think needs the help says it is.
1: Well, it's interesting you bring that up because there are a lot of people who are well-intended, who mean well, who are trying to help. However, it's not always a helpful way. Frankly, frankly, Someone grabs me, my, and I immediately jump to what in the world is going on when, when really it's just a sort of a minor thing. I mean, if, if I'm about to get hit by some negligent driver, that's an entirely different story in a situation I've been in, by the way. So and, and going back to the directions, I can't tell you how many times I will be out somewhere and I'll uh, be a little disoriented or what have you, and I'll be getting directions, and someone says, eh, It's right over there. Now, I take this opportunity to have a bit of fun. As yes, is my I know mom, I and I go, You care to be
0: any more vague? You're good. You're you're good, Blaze. You have a wonderful sense of humor. Um, I'd like everybody to know that uh, this is Liz Calandrino again, and I'm broadcasting from the community radio state studios of WCAA LP one oh seven point three FM in Albany. I'm interviewing a colleague of mine by the name of Blaze Bryant. Blaze is blind, and I say that because I, I'm. I thought it'd be great to interview Blaze because. At this point, you know, we're all walking around trying to stay six foot away from people. And I can imagine that is more difficult for him. And I know that if you touch his dog and his and you are sick that he's that he might get the virus. So I'd be kind of not wanting to go out, Blaze. That's all I can tell you. Well,
1: that it, it it I wouldn't say that it necessarily limits me from going out. It's just a hyper Awareness. When I do, uh, you know, we're we're not getting on the bus to go anywhere. I made the very easy decision about a month ago. Once things really started to take off and be front and center in our world, Liz, to not take the bus because public transportation is unfortunately. Yeah. A dirty world at times. Uh, and yes,
0: it, I don't blame you.
1: I think I also want to take a second to praise CDTA, the Capital District Transportation Authority, the bus system here, because they have been doing an absolutely wonderful job communicating information to people uh, all over. I mean, through their social media. The policies that they've instituted earlier this week, they implemented a policy where there's going to be rear door entry only, except if you do have yes. a disability, um, then then you can you know enter through the the front. Also, anyone who's a wheelchair user, that's the the ramp is you know in the front of the bus, so you really don't have much choice there, but. I think it's a a wonderful policy. They're not collecting fares. They're they're willing to eat the cost, and that's a lot of money to eat. It really, really is because there are so many people that are deemed essential. A lot of people who utilize the buses because parking, especially if you're a state worker and di- working in downtown Albany, parking is a treasure it really is Is so what what they're doing is is great I commend them for the work that they do and I look forward to the day where things return back to the typical norms as opposed to the temporary norms to be able to ride the bus again
0: mm, very good so what kind of advice well, I have a couple of questions. You grow up with two sisters, yes. right? Are they both? Sons? They are. Now, you have a lot of confidence. You really do. And did that come from growing up? Did, how, how did that? Did they treat you differently? Or how did they? How did you get your confidence?
1: My parents did a wonderful job of raising me. Seriously. I was I, I was uh, yeah. attending sporting camps for the blind when I was eight. Uh, when I was four or five years old, I was sitting on my dad's lap, driving a forklift around our retail lumber yard in the Adirondacks in Port <laughs> Henry, New York. <laughs> and uh, Jesus wasn't there to take the wheel, so it was even better. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's uh, nice. So. And I and, and my mom just over the moon uh supportive as well. Uh I I was really, 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 really lucky. And I am really, really lucky because when I graduated from high school in small town Port Henry, New York, a little town in the Adirondacks along Lake Champlain, I came mm. down here to to school and I just sort of fit into the puzzle piece of Albany. I knew I couldn't move back home uh, after my senior year of college, nor did I want to, because it's, it's, it's a fabric of small town America where the opportunities are few and far between. And the, the people, while most of them are well-intended nice people the reality is they're, they're stuck in a past reality. So I just I, I couldn't do it and luckily, uh, a, a friend of mine from back home who lives in the area, uh, he graciously took me in two months after he three months after he did, I went and got a flash at the seeing eye, the oldest guy dug school in Town, new jersey and oh, uh it, it, and that was never an issue uh you know my my roommates just and, and to this day they they love him to bits and uh then i i was able to get my own place and i it, it has worked out really really well for me
0: you know, it's funny You should what you were talking about, going to yeah. get your dog. I was listening to a podcast. I don't know if you've heard this one. I'll send it over to you. I think you might like it. It's the gentleman with the first seeing eye dog. And he had the first seeing yes, eye Morris dog. Yes, Morris
1: Frank is his name.
0: Yes, yes. What a great story his is about getting up, getting dressed, going to get his dog. And all of a sudden his life changed and his girlfriends. Oh, it's so cute.
1: It um, is a, a story that I have uh, seen. I, I actually have a DVD somewhere here. Uh, it's a one act play that a uh, gentleman did quite some time ago. And it was on uh, the story of Morris getting his, uh, his seeing eye dog and uh and how life changed for him. There, there were parts of it where you laughed, there are parts of it that just made you downright cry. Uh, it it, it inflicted all the emotions, it, it, all the continuum of emotions. Really, really just a fascinating story.
0: It is. I think the podcasts are called The Life of Dogs that's what it is. It's the life of dogs. And so every, well, I, they don't do it every week. There is some, uh, story. There's a story about somebody and a dog or a dog, but the one about that was just like you said, it was just really, really cool. Uh, A question. Do you read, did you learn braille? I started learning
1: braille when I was three and I still read braille to this day. Uh, Braille literacy is a very, very important thing to me. There are studies and information out there that says that if you have a degree of Braille literacy, you are at better odds of getting a job over a blind person. I should say a person who is blind that does not. Now, a fun fact about Braille literacy is that only 10% of, of people who are blind can competently read braille, which is absolutely astounding to me.
0: Well, they've got to have a place to go to learn. Like you said, you know, you were lucky because you had parents who were able to get you what you needed. And I hear it's pretty hard to learn.
1: It took me, I would say eight to 10 years, but what, Mm-hmm. the 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 point that I am trying to make here, Liz, is that as the technology has improved, uh, i I think I think the blind community has become complacent and feel that oh, we can read faster and be more productive oh. with our with our ears and reading with our ears because we can adjust the speed of the reading voice and yada, 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 yada. Well, the fact is you're going to be in situations where, and I'm in those situations all the time as a professional, where I need to listen to someone and look at something at the same time. I have that flexibility because I am mm-hmm. a Braille Reader, And I'm very Braille literate. Uh, I, I think at times, there, there tends to be this competition of how fast you can read Braille and how fast you can have your screen readers set to read such and such thing. I've never been the fastest, um, nor, nor have I really ever particularly had an interest in being the fastest because I don't care how fast you can read. How fast can you understand the info that you're reading? That's the important thing.
0: Mm. What's the hardest part about being blind? The hardest. Or maybe um, there isn't a hard part. Maybe that's, maybe no, that's a bad no, way no, to it's, ask the question. It's,
1: it's a fair question. It's a fair and good question. For me, the hardest part is sometimes you just want to be able to just hop in a car and drive. Elon Musk hasn't mm. sent me a Tesla yet, so I can't do that. <laughs> I
0: Well, the cars are going to drive themselves soon. So, you know, well, maybe that's it'll happen
1: I for mean, you. That's an entirely debatable thing because, as I said before, I'm a little bit of a cynic and a skeptic. Okay. I think having a journalism degree, that sort of ingrains skepticism uh, in you at least a healthy skepticism, and it should. That technology scares me because it's it's not foolproof, and it's really, at this stage of the game, not all that secure.
0: Well, you're not the only one. I can see, and I'm still scared of it. So, you know, it is just it is just what it is. But tell us about, because I think a lot of people listening don't know about the kind of technology that you have now, I don't know how old that technology is, but I mean, I know friends of mine who I have a friend who's blind, who handles somebody's social media. And that's how I learned about the technology mm-hmm. that she has.
1: Yeah. I, the, uh, the electronic Braille technology, meaning you can have a Braille keyboard that hooks up to your phone through Bluetooth or connect a Braille keyboard to your computer. That's been around for about 10-ish years or so. Uh, really, in, in, in reality, mm-hmm. relatively recently. Now, being a child of the 90s, I got to experience a little bit of how people who are many years Older than me, who are blind, you know, lugging around the Perkins and machine that weighed about seven pounds, and you had to feed the paper into the machine, and you're you're typing out things, and you you just hear dun 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 dun. So you're it's it's really quite impressive how much the technology has evolved um there was a time probably about 10 years ago where the technology was seven years behind maybe now i would say it's in the year and a half two years behind uh just because you know there's still a lot of work to be done around uh you know making images and that stuff a little bit more screen reader friendly Mm. but for the for the most part it's really on par
0: Are you there? I, I've got you now. Yeah. Okay. through. So sorry. That's okay. Um, okay. So we know the technology is more up to date and we only have a couple more minutes. I can't believe it. it went through, went by so fast. So what kind of words would you like to give to all of us or people, young people that, you know young people maybe that are blind, you know, like I said, you, you know, you've really, you've got a lot of confidence.
1: I, I think it's, you know, part of it is your upbringing. Part of it is what you do with it. And I, I encourage anyone blind or not disabled or not to Latch on to whatever opportunities are given to you. You need to get out of your own little world and expand it. That's a very important thing to do. I mean, heck, when I I initially gained a love for radio, when I was 10 years old listening to baseball on the radio, I wanted to do play-by-play. I wanted to be a sports (laughs) play-by-play guy. But... Liz, I realized pretty quickly that calling things as I saw them would destined me for a really short career.
0: Oh, you are so funny. Um, we have to wrap this up. Uh, I'm so sorry. We should have made this a long one. Again, Elizabeth Calandrino, broadcasting from Community Radio Studios of WCAALP 107.3, and talking to one of my associates from the radio station uh blaze has been a great help to me you know you really you really have helped me a lot you know maybe it's kind of get out of my own way like you say we kind of have to grab things as they come along Mm -hmm. and um yeah so thank you for all your help and thank you for sharing with us today blaze
1: it's it's my pleasure and uh you know you you keep doing the great work that you do and we will get through all of this together.
0: Oh, thank you. And you get to edit this one too, Blaze. So you're all good.
1: I know. And, and the fact that I'm referred to as an associate, my gosh, that's way fancier than I really am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what you are. So thank you again, Blaze.
1: Thank you so much. Be well.
0: You too. Bye-bye.